Welcome to the very first NRL Fantasy Podcast for 2018. I'm your host, Hayley Burns. Now, this is presented by our beautiful friends at Yui. Joining me today is NRL Fantasy Expert of our sorts, alleged, Chris Kennedy. Alleged expert, yeah. And Fantasy guru, perhaps, and former player, Steve Turner. Uh, welcome. Thanks, Hals. I don't know if I'm a fantasy guru, but um, I do have an interest in fantasy, and I'm looking forward to being part of it in uh, 2018. Well, you what have... was your uh, fantasy output like in your playing days, Zab? You good for a solid six or eight points a game? Or... Well, I'd like to think a bit more. Did they like... have fantasy back in those days? Well, it was in its early stages, I think, Hales, but as an outside back and as a winger, I used to want to try to average you know, 12 to 13 runs a game and... As a winger, you want to get over a hundred meters, so and always it's always nice to get a meat pie, score a try. So um, yeah, look, uh, if it had been around in my days, who knows what I would have averaged? <laughs> <laughs> top, top of the leaderboard, surely. But uh, what we're going to talk about today, because there have been some changes, it's going to be an exciting concept uh, moving forward. Chris, why don't you tell us about the major changes so far? Yeah, heaps and heaps of changes. I won't go into absolute granular detail on the podcast. There's heaps of uh, articles and uh, explainer video on the website. But essentially, the squad size has been cut from 25 down to 21. And the big difference there is that there's an open bench. So there's uh, your starting team and then an eight-player bench, uh, which isn't locked. You can have any. You can pick eight hookers if you want to, which would be a terrible strategy. But it's the, the choice is in your hands now. So you can go for, you know, load up on dual position players, get all, you know backs, get all forwards, whatever you feel like doing, I think probably the, um, the the best way is going to be to go for a bit of balance because you don't have that much, uh, as many spots to play with. Um, and also the, the other important thing there is you can rank your reserves. So the auto emergency system's completely changed. Um, your first four of your eight-man bench are your, your bench players who score, and then the last four are your auto emergencies who only come in if you get an injury, but because they're ranked... Uh, if you get an injury in your starting 13, your best player uh, or your highest ranked player off your bench comes in, even if they're one of your already selected reserves, which would then bump one of your emergencies into the reserves. Now, when you say ranked, uh, is that ranking, can you, is that interchangeable every week? Yeah, so every week you just choose your, your bench one through eight and you can change completely change that order every week and swap them into your starting side and put one of your starting players down the bottom of your bench or whoever you want to do it. So it's very, very flexible. So I think it's it puts a bit more of the power in the coach's hands. I think it's going to be a little bit more strategy involved, um, but also hopefully helps the newer players sort of understand um, the strategy as well and it's a, a little bit more forgiving at the, uh, the beginner end as well. Zab, obviously you played the game and you played fantasy. What's it like being on your end, you know, being on the other side now and, and you know, you pretty much can recruit. You, you, you feel like you don't have to recruit your, your teammates anymore, I guess. You can just go in and, and be a coach. No, exactly. And um, I think last year, Harris, when I was playing fantasy and I was working at the Bulldogs, I didn't want to have, working at the club, I didn't want to have Bulldogs players um, within my side. And now we are going to touch on both Chris and I, who we think are must-haves in your side. And for me, there is a Bulldogs player, I think, that is a must-have in your side. So, yeah, I think on the other side of the fence now, coming to NRL.com and um, being a part of Fantasy in 2018 will give me the opportunity to, as you say, pick whoever I want from all 16 clubs. So, um, look, there's some players who you want to have in your side, but are probably at the higher end of the scale when it comes to price. And there's also... You know, players in that middle range that uh, I suppose are must-haves. But I like the bench this year, as Chris touched on, you know, the eight-man bench, but gives you flexibility to rank the bench. And, you know, as you said, it becomes a bit more strategic um, as the coach. So I don't know, there's another one, Chris, that you'll touch on as well. But the captain is a big player as well when it comes to fantasy, who you make your captain. So 
Um, yeah, I'm excited because um, it's exciting times. The season's not too far away, and um, once these trial period um, comes and goes, we'll be able to really get down and knuckle down who we are going to um, select in our sides for the opening round. Mm, you touched on the captain as well. It's probably worth mentioning that your captain and your vice-captain are both locked in at the start of the round. So the second we get through to lockout on the Thursday night, your captain and your vice-captain are locked in for the whole weekend. Um, the reason for that is in part to avoid this, what they call the vice-captain's loophole, being able to play shenanigans with your bench and double your vice-captain if he scores well on a Thursday night. Um, because you do have captain and vice-captain and all that bench flexibility, then hopefully if you do cop an out, um, after lockout that you weren't expecting you won't be penalised too heavily for it but it is something to be aware of going forward I do like the captaincy rule in 2018 Hales it's, um, I suppose it doesn't come as strategic as it did last year does it, does it Chris? Oh. I, d- I don't want to butt in but obviously I'm a novice of, mm. to NRL fantasy I've obviously been overseas uh, in the NBA for a couple of years so I haven't played uh, haven't played the last two seasons tell everyone here who are perhaps novices what, what the difference is Regarding captaincy, you know, obviously last year there was, as Chris alluded to, you could, yeah, you could wait till, yeah, you could have your captain, but then if something happened in a Thursday night, you could, um, yeah, bring your captain, yeah, sub essentially your captain sub off. your captain off and bring the bench player in who played on that Thursday night may have scored, you know, a significant amount of points, and then you make them your captain. So um, yeah, there was, I, I felt, I don't know about you, Chris, I felt like a bit of a loophole in that area, but now I like the idea that. Um, when you pick your team, you pick your captain, you pick your vice captain, that's set in stone whether they, they play 80 minutes, whether they come off injured, whether they're a late scratching from uh, their team. It's unfortunate, but I like that because it just becomes that, um, that's who your captain is, so you don't have to worry about sitting there on a Thursday night and if your captain, as you say, substitute or substitute who comes in and scores mm-hmm. higher points. So once they're in, they're in. Yeah, it's never a good feeling if you're playing someone in a head-to-head and they vice-captain, you know, James Tedesco and he gets 80 on, on Thursday night and then Friday they substitute off, you know, Crichton or whoever was the captain from, from Sunday and suddenly the vice-captain's doubled. And um, So, yeah, that's, that's what it's all aimed at. Um, probably just the, the one other change I wanted to touch on is the, the scoring. Um, dropouts forced are in there now. Two points uh, for a forced dropout, which is... Good for your, you know, I guess Blake Green had a lot last year, but your Thurston-type guys, the playmakers, you know, Cooper Crump, the guys with a really deft uh, kicking game are going to benefit from those extra dropout points. It's not a massive change, but it's something that the puns have been asking for for a while, so uh, good to see them in the game as well. Okay, so let's start talking uh, the fun stuff. How heavy uh, are you guys going to go on cheapies this year? Who, who are the big guys that we should be uh, looking out for? Right off the bat. Yeah, look, for me, I think, um, yeah, as I said, there's plenty of good players are at that top end of the market, but then as you say, there is um, you know, there is plenty of cheapies, but um, I suppose the hard thing, Chris, at the moment mm-hmm. is because we haven't seen any footy and there's been a lot of you know, changing from over the off-season with recruitment and that, and I suppose we'll get a real gauge over the next couple of weeks how teams are, are going to play. And um, yeah, one man, I think, at the Bulldogs, um, who I think is... Is a cheapie, and I think who will get a lot more game time this year is Raymond Fitala Marin of the back row for the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think he'll, I think he'll start the season in the back row for the club. He, heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> You're um, he's got an offload in his game. He's got plenty of attacking. I know the coach loves him, um, and I think plenty of uh, NRL fantasy fans last year and Bulldogs fans last year would have seen that Ray has a lot to offer and would have liked to have seen him get more game time. So I think Raymond. Um, is a good choice um, for fantasy listeners out there to you know throw into your side because I, I see he'll play more time. He's got a lot to offer in attack, um, and he's at the cheaper end of the scale. 
What I do you think, think, Chris? Yeah, I think the, the big thing with the cheapies is in previous years with the 25-man squad, you could take a punt on a couple of cheapies who weren't going to play round one or who were um, you know, potentially not like a big gamble. They're, they're bargain basement because you've got 25 players, you only need 17 scorers every week. You can carry those two or three bargain basement guys outside your regular squad who you don't need points from. But now with only eight on the bench, but you still need 17 scoring players every week, Makes it a lot tougher, and I don't think you can afford to gamble on cheapies who you aren't reasonably confident will either get a game early in the season or, or get you some points if you need them uh, following an injury or two. So, um, you know, guys on the radar like Payne Haas up at the Broncos, he's a young prop forward coming through with some big raps on him, probably won't play around one, and as a result, I don't think you can afford to take a gamble on him. So the guys I'm looking at, um, again, there'll be a lot more information in the round one teams when we get there and after the trials, but guys like Tane Mill in the centre who's gone from the Dragons to, to West Tigers, um, even Bryce Cartwright's still reasonably cheap after his move up to the Titans. I think we'll talk about him a little bit more later on. But these sort of guys who are um, who are pretty much guaranteed to get some game time, I think, are the ones you've got to focus on. And obviously another one is Hales too, and um, Chris should be able to touch on as well, is a lot of talk about, you spoke about Blake Green, but you know who's going to be the Haas partner for um, DCE, for the Manly yeah. Seagulls? And obviously we've seen, there was talk over the summer that Trent Hodkinson was... Looked like going to Manly, but now he's shifted to the Cronulla Sharks. So it opens the door for someone like a Lachlan Croker, who, yeah. um, if he does start in the halves for the Manly side, you know, is very cheap when it comes to NRL fantasy. Mm, sounds like uh, Lockie Croker's in front of Jackson Hastings in the pecking order over at Manly, but Hastings is one we've seen in his time at the Roosters. Can score heavily when he gets a chance. He made a lot of money, I think it was two seasons ago now, at the, the Roosters um, when they were thin in the halves at the start of 2016. And does offer the goal kicking there as well. Yeah, anyway, exactly, so. which is a, a bit of an issue for them in general with, um, I think, is it going to be Dylan Walker or DCE at the moment um, in their, their best 13? So could yeah. be some value there on goal kicking. For all those hungry people out there right now who have already loaded their team, I know we're a month <laughs> now, I know half the people in the office have already got their squad. Uh, right off the top of your head, though, who 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 is the best buy right now? Top of your head. Best buy. Well, it has, well, I suppose the best buy we can only go off at the moment. When you look at form, and um, the, there was a trial during the week, uh, Melbourne Storm versus the Newcastle Knights, and yeah, um, you know what? Speaking about the recruitment drive of the Newcastle Knight Tales, and you know Chris and I spoke about it um, before putting the podcast together was yeah you know, someone like Calen Ponga, um, and from all reports, he had a good hit out for the Newcastle Knights. He's going to wear the number one jersey, but the thing that, by the sounds of it, mm. he potentially could be kicking goals for the Newcastle Knights. Obviously, they lost Trent Hodkinson, so they needed to find another goal kicker. And from that trial, um, Caelan Ponga was the goal kicker. So we can see what this kid can do. So um, from going off a football perspective and you know what we've seen so far, um, he, he potentially could be someone that most fantasy um, players um, want to have in their side. Yeah, well, he was um, It was very close to a full-strength starting 13 at the start of the game for Newcastle, and he was kicking goals, as you say. He got two out of three before he got a rest. Um, he's reasonably expensive for a teenager because he did score quite heavily for, for the Cowboys at times last year, but he's, he's still cheaper than he could be because he only played seven games, which gets him a discount, and he also had a minus four in an injury-affected game to finish the season, which dropped his average down. Um, so you throw a full season of 80-minute game to the fullback and goal-kicking on top of that. He scored a try for Mitch Pearce while we in that trial as well, so somebody's got a few four-pointers coming his way in 2018. So um, huge upside, I think, for Callum Ponga. Okay, what about Ford-wise? Who do you see in you know, full-pack-wise who you think could be a stellar, stellar gun fantasy? Um, I mean, the, the guys who were good last year will be good again. Um, it's whether you can afford to have 
you know, Crichton's so expensive, and I don't know if he can. He can't possibly get better than he was. Strategy last wise, season. who would so, you have? So strategy wise, I don't mind. I've heard, my, I've burned myself here before, but, <laughs> but big Jesse Bromwich. Um, he's had a couple of quiet seasons. He's really cheap as a result. And if he, uh, you know, Jordan McLean's gone, Tohu Harris has gone. I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on Jesse Bromwich to, to lift this year in the absence of those guys. And uh, just given his average, I think he's got a lot of upside. James Graham, I think, is another one. Um, Ailes, and you know, obviously going to the St George Laura Dragons, and um, I suppose. In, a new life, a new environment, and um, by all reports, he's training the house down, and he is a... Uh, Are those his reports, or...? Well, <laughs> I think reports, I've spoken to Paul McGregor, and um, you know, I was down in Wollongong at the start of the week, and um, there's a good vibe down there in um, Wollongong mm. within, the, within the Red V, and um, look, he plays big minutes, he um, gets involved, um, and you know, speaking that's what... Speaking of people down there, it's what the Dragons have really lacked as a senior head and experienced player like yeah. James Graham. And, um, you know, he is someone that people that play fantasy love to have in their side. So I think James Graham can certainly um, accrue more points in 2018 because I think Chris would agree he's probably had a couple of quiet years when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. But I think, um, like Jesse Bromwich, um, with a new, new, I suppose a new fan like. Newfound life for James Graham. I think he can turn around his fantasy form um, and be a hit in 2018. 2018. Is this the year of the mid-ranger? Well, uh, we were talking about this before the podcast, but uh, again, with a, strat- <clears throat> with a strategy, it's so hard to squeeze all these cheapies into your team, but also with a salary cap, it's hard to get too many guns. I think I looked at my initial 21-man squad and there was only... You know, I think I had Fafita and Tedesco were the only out-and-out fantasy guns in my entire 21-man squad. And there were so many of these mid-range guys like Kellen Pong we talked about. You know, Michael Leisha, who's available at a discount. Um, Torhu Harris is cheaper than he was in previous seasons after an injury affected 2017. Just all these kind of discount sort of cut-price keepers that I'm trying to find some value from because you, you want guys who are playing, but you can't afford all the guns. I think, yeah, we're really going to come down to who gets the best value out of their mid-range buyers this year. Yeah, I think so too because you look at someone like you know who score well in fantasy, Cameron Smith and Jason Tamalola. You got those two players in your side. Mm. You're nearly at two million dollars of your salary cap with just two players, and you've still got to fill um, plenty of spots. So I'm like Chris. You know, you probably want to look at the around the four hundred to seven hundred thousand dollar mark and select a huge chunk of players um, in that side. And it's almost like I suppose the proper salary cap when it comes to a side. Mm. You want those players in the mid range, you know. You, I suppose play number ten to play number twenty, who give you, a, you know, a club land a seven out of ten every week. That four hundred to seven hundred k, you you want a fair chunk of those players in your fantasy side twenty eighteen because you don't want too many of those high players at that top of the scale. You got Tedesco, Fafita, um, you know, Cameron Smith, or Jason Talmalola because they're going to um, absorb a fair chunk of your cap. What about bench player wise? Who who would you be thinking there? I think that the bench strategy is going to be really interesting. So I think you probably need to cover every position um, because if you get an injury, you kind of got to sub someone in off your bench. Um, so guys who are dual position, I think would be really crucial. Um, Top three, give it to me. I don't, yeah, too hard. Too hard. No, no, there's so many there's, like, dual positions though. Like I think, um, like, for example, I've got Aaron Gray on my bench at the moment because I think he's a bit of a, a discount buy at the Sharks. He's probably going to start the season, but he's also available at centre and at wing fullback. And it means that centre, which is a bit of a dud position in fantasy, I can get away without having any other centres on my bench because I have a dual position wing fullback slash centre in my starting side and another one on my bench. And then I can just make swaps between them and gives me a few more halves and you know dual position back row, front row type guys on my bench if I've got one of those dual position backs. 
uh, to cover a few spots. Yeah, I like to have, I suppose, more back rowers in my side, um, Haley, purely for the fact that for someone like, say, you know, say an Angus Crichton, an Angus Crichton or a Josh Jackson, who have the ability, um, as Chris touched on, can if injuries fall in the side, they can cover in the centres, they can cover in the halves or. You know, Josh Jackson, we've seen him at Canterbury. He can fill in at a number nine position. So um, I like to, you know, if you're going to have depth in one position with your fantasy side, I would say, and Chris would probably agree with me, is to have more back rowers in your side who have the ability to cover, um, when it comes to a football field, cover multiple positions um, if there are injuries to a side. So that's where I like to load up. And um, I know there'd be plenty of fantasy listeners out there that have different opinion, but for me, that's where I like to look and add depth to my side. Are Origin players a better option this year as they're likely going to miss fewer games? What are we thinking that time of the year? Well, yeah, it's been a bit of a talking point in recent years that you don't want to go too heavy on the Origin players because if you've got heaps of them in your side, you get to around 12 or 13, the buy rounds hit, guys get rested, you know, the you know, Billy Slater might get rested the week after Origin yep. or, or James Tedesco might, you know, tweak an ankle and then he's a week off and you, suddenly you, your gun team, you're missing five or six players through the middle part of the season, but with the way the origin structured this year, um, each club only has one buy. Uh, there's a standalone origin weekend for Origin Two, so the, you're probably going to look at all the origin players playing the game, that the NRL round before and after that. So they're not missing anywhere near as much game time. Um, I still don't think you want eight or ten origin players no. in the squad, but you can. I think you can afford to carry a lot more, and it's it's important because so many of them are the big guns. So Tedesco, you know, Cam Smith, Fafita. If you rattle through the two origin teams, there's so many fantasy guns in there. So you you probably can afford to carry a few more of them this year. But the fa- the interesting thing this year, um, Hales, is I suppose probably two halves that score well in fantasy won't be playing Origin. Cronk and Thurston obviously retired, mm. so. Um, you know, JT, someone who was hampered last year with injury, and as Chris touched on, with the forced dropouts being added to the scoring system this year, you know, JT not playing um, through that, or, no, not playing Origin um, will be an added bonus for, for the Cowboys, but also for fantasy players who have JT in their side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Cronk and Thurston not playing um, Origin is certainly, yeah, potentially you could look at it as must haves for your side in 2018. Mm, well, that then, I guess, puts question marks over guys like Munster and Hunt and these guys who are going to, you know, Michael Morgan, who are going to play Origin. But like you said, with Thurston, um, I don't I don't think the dropouts are actually factored into their current price. I don't think they're reverse, you know, put into their, their rolling score. So um, guys who do get a lot of them are looking a little bit of a score bonus, and, and Thurston as well is a bit cheap because of the time he missed last year. So he could be a good, again, sort of mid-range price guy to, to pick up. And I suppose you know, Cooper is an interesting one this year because moving from the Melbourne Storm... Yeah, we've all seen how Cooper's played for the last decade, so it'll be interesting to see how Cooper plays at the Roosters. Will it be a new style? Will it be a, a new Cooper Cronk? Um, we saw how well Luke Keary played and scored from a fantasy aspect last year, and they've obviously got another fantasy gun in James Tedesco, so um, will those sort of players steal points off each other this yeah. year? But um, we'll be interesting to watch how Cooper Cronk plays in the see, in, see, initially, myself as a novice coming to this, I, I don't think I'd, I'd put... Cronky in my team straight away. I want to watch and see what mm. he's going to do. Cronk's one of those players, I call it Darren Lockyer syndrome, where you're yes. just an absolutely elite, elite player, but it doesn't necessarily carry through to fantasy. So there's 
you know, Kronk in fantasy is he's not any better than you know a Cherry Evans or a, you know these sort of other um, you know halves who do plenty of running and tack- tackling and, and kicking. Like he, he's not he's not a lead in fantasy. He's probably that low forties, whereas um, peak Thurston, not twenty seventeen Thurston, but before that was was probably more um, a much better fantasy option than Kronk just because of the stats that he gets through. And, and Mitch Pierce is Mitch Pierce and Sean Johnson probably the top two. Last year, and why you wouldn't necessarily say they're the best two halves in the NRL next to Thurston and Cronk, just mm. the pure number of you know assists and tackle busts and kick meters mm. they get through makes them the, the elite fantasy guys. What, what do you what do you touch on this? Yeah, look, I think um, yeah, as I say, like Cooper is. It's just going to be interesting to see how the Roosters play because um, you know with yeah you know, Tedesco, he is you know people say he's a must-have for fantasy, but. At the, West, at, at the West, at the West, at the West, he comes at a price. But at the West Tigers, it was, mm. the West Tigers were so reliant on James Tedesco yeah. to yeah. do something special. And, yeah, that you know knew the boys well. Yeah, you know needed mm. to come up with that big play, or you know yeah. it was a tackle break king, and you know still is. So it would yeah. just be interesting to watch those sort of players for the first month. And mm. yeah. will he's James, probably he's probably another one you kind of just you might not throw him straight away. Yeah, like will he see what the Roosters are doing? So you know, mm. yeah, like will his game. At, you know, be hampered because of the Kronk, the Kiri, yeah. uh, and that factor. So it will be interesting to see how the Roosters go. Well, the perception with Tedesco is that he's gone from a team that sort of struggled to score points into a team that scores a lot of points. He's going to be just as good, but he's going to get lots of tries as well. But yeah. like you say, if he's going to be less of a focal point for the Roosters, like at the Tigers, it was just get it to Teddy. Yeah. If that's not the case at the Roosters, maybe he doesn't get as many runs and tackle breaks as he got at the Tigers, and that might hurt his scoring a little bit. Yeah, so it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to watch the Roosters in 28, I think, Hal. There's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of pressure. Be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, for the for the listeners, in case you haven't checked out our new NRL fantasy site, it is quite stunning. It's a little bit sexy. Mm. Uh, go on and check it out. But uh, what I want to ask you guys, do you think it's easier to pick a squad with the way that it's set up at the moment? I So I think we'll know more again when round one team comes teams come out but I've found it slightly harder I think this year I think it's actually been with the the restrictions around not being able to get all the cash cows you want and just how tight the, the cap is that the player prices all look a lot more expensive than they were last year but that's basically because they've been scaled to the new cap and the, the different squad sizes so they're not effectively much different but yeah just with the fewer number of spots I've found it a little bit trickier than previous years yeah I agree I think the as I, as I think we've touched on is those fantasy guns are at that higher end of the the dollar and the cap that you got to look at, as I said, you know, at least maybe ten of those players in the four hundred to seven hundred thousand dollar mark. But you need, you want those players to almost produce an extra, on average, I'd say ten points per game from last year to this year. So, um, yeah, look, it's. I think the hard part is, you know, picking that side. But we wait and see with trials over the next couple of weeks, and you know, obviously things will happen, you know, injuries and the like. But. Um, yeah, I think it, it it is very hard this year because of the fact that um, you don't want to go too top heavy, but then you also, as Chris said, you know, trying to find that cash cow, or that cheapie that may start in round one, or you know, for I would say someone like you know, who's going to be the next Nick Kotrick we saw last year just yeah. burst onto the scene and you know, ended up being the, the rookie of the year in twenty seventeen. So I'm um, trying to find that next player in twenty eight, and there's no real standout yet. Not yet, yeah. Now, in previous years, previous years when I've played, I've always just played like on my own team. Of you know, done my dra- selected my own team. But I understand you guys are really big on the draft aspect. Do you want to tell you know for these novice listeners or all the experts out there listening what the benefit of both are? Let's start with you, Zach. Tell me why I should do a draft. Well, the simple thing for me is why I like draft is when you play you know 
you know, from you know, normal fantasy to draft, you know, normal fantasy, the three of us can all have the exact same team, the exact same players, the exact same captain, whereas draft, everyone goes into a pool. So if, if you pull, you, you might be first selection, Haley, and you choose Jonathan Thurston, then Chris and I can't choose Jonathan Thurston. So it becomes a bit more strategic and it becomes, um, you know, you bank on just your team. You know, sometimes they're cheapy, sometimes they're their middle of the ranges, all those top end players. So everyone has to buy in and work well. So I like that aspect because everyone can have a different side. But, you know, people like normal fantasy, some like draft. I played draft last year. Um, How'd played, you go? I went well. I feel I must admit, I'm not going to give myself a rap, but I finished <laughs> top of my table. So <laughs> How many players are in your row? We had 16 teams. Oh, wow. Yeah, so 16 you? teams. So um, you had 17 players. So Yeah, and it's good. And, it, and the big thing about that is, becomes a bit more strategic if players get injured you know you bank on someone who scored well for me last year was Jason Nightingale you know some people may not uh, pick him in your side but purely from a draft aspect I had him in my side but he scored I think it was three hat-tricks last year and you know he's someone that contributes every week so that's what I love about that's what I love about draft is um, everyone has a different side yeah Chris I remember last year yeah I didn't go to I think I made the prelims actually but I'd spent the whole year trying to rotate guys like Matt Ballin and Jacob Little and all these fringe hookers through my squad because I was my first pick was near the end and all the hookers were gone. There was obviously you know, no Cam Smith or Jake Friend, everyone was already gone. So I kind of loaded up on, you know, I think I got someone good like Nathan Cleary or Angus Crichton that sort of won me a few games. But the, yeah, the hookers were all gone by the time I got a, a, a chance to pick one. So that's like you talk about with the strategy. Sometimes that's the strategy is just to look at the positions that are really skinny and, and get a good one there before they're all gone because it uh, can bite you later in the season. And you've got to get in early if there's the free trades or um, the free transfers or there's um, a player on the open market. You've got to get in quick. So yeah. it's in a like selection process is in a ranking order. So um, yeah, so it, it, it's fun draft because as I said, it's... Oh, I can the banter. Yeah, <laughs> it becomes banter because it just, everyone has a different side. So, yeah, and, and, and like you're saying, because I know when I've always just played, you know, Solo, you know, it's like, yeah, Cam, Cam Smith's, you know, scored a double, but then, you know, make down the road, he's got exactly the same fantasy points, fantasy player as me, yeah. and we're like, uh, so no one's, you know, it, it's nice that the draft has that extra edge to it, that mm. competition. But a, a wonderful article that came out today on NRL.com fantasy, uh, Lone Scout, he put out some possible bounce back players um, mm. coming to the season, some guys that have switched clubs, so let's go over a couple of them, we touched on Bryce Cartwright earlier, yeah. moved to the Titans now, yeah. what are we thinking of him fantasy wise this year? Yeah, he's very, very interesting, he was a guy that I was very cool on when he was at Penrith, because even though he was cheap and we know that he can potentially score well, he was looking at playing off the bench, playing edge back row where he, he misses a lot of tackles and doesn't have a chance to roam and get those attacking stats, but the the noises coming out of Gold Coast that he potentially could play a roaming lock type role, which means he can kind of inject himself. So you're looking at more tries, more offloads. Um, he probably defends a bit better towards the middle of the field where he can get a bit more help. He doesn't fall off as many tackles, so he won't get as many missed tackles, I don't think, up there. So um, at, his, at his price, which is really, really cheap, I think he's suddenly become a much more tantalising option. Yeah, I think with Bryce, it's um, he's the offload king. So yeah. um, he's, you're going to score points there. But you know, what comes with that is errors. Haley went, you know, someone with that ability, but I think it could be a newfound life. Like we spoke about James Graham for Bryce Cartwright going to the yeah. Gold Coast Titans. We've got to remember Jared Wallace, the Titans forward, is suspended for the opening few rounds of the, the competition. So um, they've also recruited Jai Arrow, the Titans, but 
will he start at 13 or is Bryce Cartwright the option to be 13 or um, mm. another option is be an edge back rower so um, look a big year a big year for Bryce because um, I think he is their X factor when you look at when you look at their roster before they get Bryce Cartwright I don't think they had too many X factors but he is their X factor and he is someone that I think can score plenty of good um, fantasy points but another one I spoke at the top I spoke about um, a Canterbury player who I think can bounce back and um, yep. a lot of Canterbury fans and NRL fantasy players will want to see is Michael Leisha, uh, purely on the fact that I think defensively he'll always contribute um, from a fantasy point of view. And we saw in, um, I suppose, a big thing for Michael Leisha from 2017 to 2016 was he made 250 more tackles in 16, um, which across... He played the same amount of games in 17 and 16, and across you know that difference, on average, that's 11 fantasy points per game that he didn't gain in 2017, purely because he played less minutes. Um, he missed a couple of games. So I think in 2018, being an 80-minute player, um, you'll get those extra 11 points per game, but I also think you'll gain more points from an attacking point of view. The Dogs have spoken about all off-season and all summer, how they've changed their attack. You know, Michael Leisha seems so happy to be you know, back in the fold at Canterbury. We're going to see how he played towards the back end of last year in the opening rounds of this year. So I think you'll see a new look Canterbury, but also a new look Michael Leisha. And I think at 533,000, um, he's someone having your side. When you say that they have changed their attack or the changing tactics there, specifically what regard? Well, I think we've all seen how, I suppose, dull the attack has been from Canterbury the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, they the players have spoken, they just want to play a free-flowing game. You know, play the style of footy that we've seen most teams play, that up-tempo. And from a hooking, a number nine point of view, Haley, for me, Chris would agree, like, when there's a quick play the ball, the number nine should be able to just run and go and players push off him. And that's Michael Leisha's strength. His strength is his running game. Um, when he came to Canterbury, that was why they signed him, because of his running game. Unfortunately, we haven't seen it over the last few years. But um, speaking to Michael, and I know a lot of people have um, spoken to the Canterbury players, um, you'll see a new look attack. And um, I think Michael Leisha will have a, a big 2018 and a big 2018 in fantasy. Someone I'm kind of excited about, all right, I think, <laughs> could perhaps be a, a gun again this season is RTS, Roger, uh, over in New Zealand. Uh Putting that on the line there. What do you What do you guys think? <laughs> well, he was he was such a fancy gun. Was it 2015 at the Roosters? He was just making 200 meters a game. You know, busting heaps of tackles, assisting tries as well as scoring tries, just doing everything. He's gone over to the uh, Warriors, and his his attacking game's really dried up. Hasn't been an impressive couple of seasons by his standards, anyway. Over at the Warriors, we know what he's capable of, which makes it a bit frustrating for I guess an NRL fan, but also a fantasy coach to see him not producing those sort of numbers. We've seen flashes of it, but just not consistently. But if he can somehow how recapture that form and that the Warriors can, can spark in a gear then he can go back to being an elite player been to the Warriors Hayley you've just come back from New Zealand Kia ora, bro. Is, is it a new look Roger in 2018 yeah he seems really positive and, and I think also because he is off contract at the end of the year some guys they, they will go that extra mile yeah. I think generally any athlete across any code is aware and they, yeah. I think they do lift their game but uh, you can read all about that on NRL.com um, all those contract talks but a uh, question for both of you who has caught your eye so far that you think will definitely be in your squads round one? Well, pending the, the round one teams being named, just about the first guy I picked was Tane Milne out of the West Tigers because he's bargain basement price and he got a few games off the bench at the Dragons last year. We saw him in the World Cup for Fiji. I think he got eight try assists for the, uh, the tournament. Really good attacking numbers for Fiji. Um, like I said, bit minimum price. Moses Suli at the Tigers, he's moved on to the, the Bulldogs. 
They've got a couple of back rowers who can play centers like SR Masters and Michael Cheekan, but those backline spots, other than maybe Kev Nagama, who's locked in for either a center or a wing spot, there's um, there's not a lot of there's a lot of players, but not a lot of them to take uh, the center spot off Tane Milne if he does all the right things through the preseason. So assuming he starts round one, then he's just about the first player I'm picking. And for me, Haley, my first player picked is Tommy Turbo, Tommy Chaboyevich from the Manly Seagulls. Um, He's six hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars. So for a wing fullback, that's I feel that's a, a good price because um, especially for his you know his form you know debuting with the Kangaroos, I would have thought he'd you know the picked him maybe a little bit higher. Just yeah, and I think the wing fullback position is another position that you want to select good in because um, you know if you've got someone like a Tom Trebovich that can score good points, who you know from a, a meter perspective, you know run meters, tackle breaks, and um, be able to create tries, he's someone that can do that. He was in third. For most metres in the NRL last year, he was fourth in the NRL for most runs, 19 try assists, um, he got 12 tries, he averaged just under 200 metres per game, and you know, we saw um, how he played in the World Cup at the end of 2017, so he's only young, um, he, his game can only get better um, with age, and um, depending on what happens at the Manly Seagulls in the halves division, mm. but I think there'll be a lot of emphasis on um, Tommy Turbo at the back, become a bit more of a ball player in um, 2018, but I think um, at that price, he's someone on your side. You can read all about this on fantasy.nrl.com, presented by Yui. I was your host today. I'm still your host, Hayley Burns. <laughs> expert Chris Kennedy with me and our man... Uh, former Origin great, Bulldogs great, uh, Steve Turner also joins us. But uh, we'll be back here next week. We'll probably have a lot more to talk about as the um, as we see some more trials come. But uh, let's do this again next week, boys. See you then. See you, Hales.